listener. Hi, and welcome back to Broadsheet Sydney Around Town. I'm Emma Joyce, Features Editor at Broadsheet, and I host this short guide to Sydney. In today's episode, we're chatting to Lankan Filling Station's owner and chef, Otama Carey. Otama will share what makes Sri Lankan food Sri Lankan, how her experience of working with Italian and Chinese cooking has influenced her dishes, and how the no-rules attitude of her monthly crab curry Sundays makes it just that bit more special. We'll also find out which dish her partner, Matt Lindsay, chef and owner of AP Bakery, Polly and Esther, loves most from Lankan's menu. Well, Otama, thank you so much for joining us. Thank I know you that you've me. just flown back from Singapore, but you've spent a month in Sri Lanka. I did. I was very lucky. Very lucky. That's just so amazing. Were you visiting family? I was actually, so there was a family wedding. So my cousin got married. Um, so lots of people came from everywhere. It was kind of, people flew in from all over the world. And then, and it was also a great excuse to go back because I haven't been back since we opened the restaurant. So it was really good to kind of explore some things, go back there, see what's going on, eat some food. Which is so exciting. You opened in 2018, but I've mentioned before on this podcast, you were running a a pop-up at Carriageworks Farmers Markets for at least two years. You were there for a long time and introduced us to eating kind of hoppers and especially at Carriage Works where you can kind of just sit out on the ground if you want to and, and kind of eat it more street food yeah. style. Yeah. How did you want to kind of introduce your style of cooking and, and Sri Lankan food at that time? Um, I think all of the pop-ups we did in the markets were really excellent for us and it was great to, you know, be able to get feedback, particularly because I suppose what we're doing there was no other restaurants that I could go to and kind of go, well, how are they doing it? What shall I do? So it was great to kind of fix mistakes and figure out how to explain it to people as well, because it was still such a non-mainstream thing that a lot of people, you know, you'd say hoppers and people just don't know what they were, which is completely understandable. And it was also um, partly because we couldn't find a site. So that whole pop-up stuff just went on for a little bit longer than but it was good. It was really good. Now, if anyone listening hasn't been to Lankan Filling Station, and if anyone is listening and hasn't, you should go there immediately tonight, book a table. Hoppers are like the base of dishes that you can that you can then add curries to or sambals to, and you can get egg versions and, and ones without egg, almost from a pancake type mixture, would you say? Yes, it's, yeah, like it's definitely pancake. So it's a fermented rice flour batter. So it's the actual batter gets fermented and it is a savoury pancake. So crispy edges, doughy middle, it's made in a particular pan, um, which gives it that kind of distinctive bowl shape. And the whole idea from the beginning of the restaurant was to make, to have a, a hopper shop. It has kind of grown and it morphed a little bit because traditionally in Sri Lanka, if you eat hoppers, you don't eat rice. You also often have hoppers as buffets or they're a breakfast food, so you don't often have a meal necessarily like we serve them where you have heaps of different curries and sandbox. Often, you know, if you go to a little hopper cutty shop, like a little tiny one, they'll just serve plain hoppers, egg hoppers and a couple of sandbox and that's how you eat them. But they're very versatile. You can kind of do what you want with them and we turned into more of a restaurant than just a hopper, little simple hopper shop like I first imagined. 
Yes, Lankan Filling Station is somewhere that is absolutely a restaurant, but you can sit quite close together with other customers when you're dining there. I love how you order from a kind of a sheet of paper with a pencil and you can turn it into a, a really big evening's worth of dining or you can have kind of like a quick feed and, and get out of there. Yeah, that was always, I mean, that's and that's how I really wanted it to be. I wanted it to be a place you could just come and have you know, a couple of hoppers and a sandbowl and get out of there or actually come and have the full experience and have the banquet and sit there for hours. And at Lankin Filling Station, you have been running something every Sunday for years now, which is the Crab Curry Sundays. It's a set menu, $90. Yeah. And it's based around blue swimmer crab and a curry. So you can kind of use roti to mop up the sauce, which is what we did when we were there. Can you tell me how does it work from your perspective? What are you doing when you're designing that menu? I mean, crab curry was my first Sri Lankan food love. Originally, like back in the day, I remember my nan cooking it for me and me trying to get her to teach me, you know, 25 years ago and her starting to teach me and then waiting till I was asleep to actually cook the crab curry so I wouldn't really know what was going on. That was always a big thing, the crab curry. We started doing almost from the beginning crab curry banquets. So it's the last Sunday of every month. So you come in, you get some short eats, so little snacks to start you off. And then we do the full bonanza. So you'll get the crab curry, you'll get sides, sambals, vegetables, papadums, rice, a bit of dessert to finish, like a nice Sunday lunch. And the other good thing about for us in the kitchen about the crab curry Sundays is we kind of also use it as a time to test out new dishes. Often we'll have a theme that we won't really tell anyone about, but it would be like the base, how we go about writing the menu. So we're a bit more, less traditional. Like we've done ones thinking about Italian food where we've done tortellini type things. The last one we did was, which was actually really good. We did a lot of native Australian ingredients, which was a really, it was such a winner. We did a kangaroo pan roll. So pan rolls are quite a traditional Sri Lankan dish that we always have on the menu, but we did a kangaroo version, which everyone really loved. Um, So it's great. It's great for us to experiment. It's a nice easy day for us in the kitchen. Like, you know, it's Sunday, it's quite a long sitting. So it's something we've always loved doing. And I know that you've said that Lankan Filling Station isn't strictly traditional. It's your style of cooking. Yeah. I've never, I mean, I've never said we're traditional, but we kind of are, but I wouldn't ever say that. But this gives Um, us a good opportunity to test things. And, you know, I've got a kitchen full of people from all over the world. So it's a really good thing for them to be able to get excited about doing other stuff. And because we do cook Sri Lankan all the time, you know, if someone, my head chef went through a big pasta phase, henceforth we did this curried pumpkin tortellini in Kirihodi, which is a really traditional Sri Lankan coconut milk gravy. And they were so delicious. But, you know, that kind of thing, you know, he wanted to make pasta. So you can't really put pasta on the menu in a Sri Lankan place, but you can on crab curry sundae because there are no rules. I love no rules on crab curry sundae. That makes it even more special. If, if you could tell us what does make Sri Lankan food, Sri Lankan food? Uh, see, that is a tricky question. So I wrote a whole book about it to try and kind of explain <laughs> it. It's a tiny little island about the size of Tasmania, but it has had such a long history of invaders and conquerors. And it's also, was also a major port in the spice trade. So, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years, it's had people from all over, you know, and that's just the people coming in apart from having Tamil, having Sinhalese, having burgers, having Muslim. There's a lot of Chinese influence and all of those different distinct 
um, cultures and religion, which isn't always as straightforward as just going Sinhalese or Buddhist or it's, you know, it's this complex kind of complicated thing about millions of different food cultures colliding. So, you know, the classic thing is what Sri Lankan food is it Indian and you go, yes, kind of, because, you know, rice and curry is the staple meal. But within that rice and curry thing, there's just this whole world of different foods and flavours that is completely distinct. Like it's like nothing else you've ever tasted, really. I know that when you first opened, you were doing a lot of things by hand, really labour-intensive ways of kind of creating the food at Lankan. Is it still a labour of love? Do you yes. have to put a lot of <laughs> manual work in, in the is. kitchen? There's a couple of things that we don't make from scratch. Um, we get in our string hoppers because they're incredibly labour intensive. And also we've got the tiniest kitchen in the world and we don't have a core room. So there's a lot of obstacles, but for the most part, you know, everything gets made in-house. We make all our curry powders. We make all our sambals. We make, I mean, everything gets made from scratch pretty much. And, you know, some of that stuff we we sell as well. So we make our curry powders and we've got a little baby shop, which is just a shelf in the restaurant, but I call it the shop. And so we do some sambals and other bits and pieces. Little which pantry will, items. Yeah. I love that, actually, that you have such a broad offering at Lankan Filling Station. Are you still running the brunch menu? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we've had to change a lot over the last few years. Originally we were open all day, every day, pretty much. Lunches aren't such a big thing anymore, partly because we just haven't got back to them. And it's a different dining culture now, I think, as well. So this weird. since COVID? Yeah. Because we are right on the edge of the city. But I think people forget how kind of close we are. But I would like to open for lunches again. So we do, every Tuesday night, we do a biryani night. You get a biryani set. So it'll always be some version with a couple of sides. We do, we still do brunch specials on Friday and Saturday. We're open all the way through. We do the crab curry Sundays, of course. We do takeaway. Everything's available takeaway. Um, we've got the shop. We've got some cakes up our sleeve now. So if there's special occasions, we do some pre-order cakes, which we really love. And also lump rice. So lump rice are a burger specialty. So my family's burgers, um, my nan was quite famous for her lump rice. It's basically a rice and curry packet, which is what everyone eats for lunch. You know, you get a rice and curry packet, but there's a burger version, which has quite a set of ingredients, but it's all wrapped up in a banana leaf and frozen. And so you can just buy those to take home and it's like the best TV dinner you've ever had. Yum. Yeah. You mentioned cakes, but I know that a lot of the recipes that you share with people like SBS, but also the Saturday paper, have often been sweets or more desserts. Is that something that you like cooking yeah, at home? I do love a good dessert. So the menus actually, the dessert menus gotten a bit out of hand as we've just kind of built on and we've got some really nice, quite traditional little sweeties, which we love. Um, bounty type bars. Well. Yeah, the it's bounty's good. And some more like milk toffee and thalagulli and kaludoddle, which are all kind of more traditional sweets. But we do do some cakes pre-order, which aren't traditional, which is kind of stuff that I've just gotten excited about and made up a bit more celebratory as well for special occasions. Now, you mentioned your book before, but we didn't mention the title. So we ah. probably should. <laughs> Lanka Food, Serendipity and... Spice. Spice. Yes. Lanka Food, Serendipity and Spice. Yes. And... 
I know your partner is also launching a book this he year. He is. It's October the 2nd is the launch party. So Sorry. that's Matt Lindsay. Yes. Who owns Esther and Polly. AP, AP Bakery. Bakery. Yes, there's an empire. The whole empire. <laughs> Taking over Sydney at the moment. I'll give it a go. As a couple. Do you talk about food a lot? Do you share ideas for dishes? Do you look over each other's cookbooks? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we do a lot. I mean, we just had very three very excellent days of just eating in Singapore, which was amazing. I mean, we do share ideas and recipes all the time and steal stuff from each other and, you know, we've worked together a lot as well. But we also, you know, have our separate businesses as well. So there's... Do you have favourite dishes at each other's venues? Yes. Yes. What's yours? So he... Well, so Matt's oft complaint is that he loves the dial at Lankan Filling Station and it's his favourite thing in the world. And for some reason, I just refuse to bring it home. I don't know why, because <laughs> we could eat dal for breakfast every morning, which would make him very happy. But I just always forget to bring it home because I'm just surrounded by it all the time. So that's his main request, which I'm not very good at fulfilling. And what about the dish that you like at his venues? <gasps> oh, and there's too many. There's too many. The squid dumplings, which I haven't seen for a while, but are coming back, I hear, because they're in the book. So I'm very excited about that. At Esther? Yes, at Esther. The cheese pie at Esther as well, which comes and goes. The potato poly, which is an all-time favourite. Yeah, there's a lot. There's been a lot over the years. There are so many. As a couple, a real power couple in the mm. food and drink space in Sydney. Now, is there anything coming up at Lankan Filling Station that we would love to share with our listeners? You know, this trip has been really good and it's given me some... Part of the reason I opened the restaurant was to be able to go back more often, which obviously got scuttled a bit. Detailed, yes. Yeah, with opening a restaurant and all of that nonsense, COVID nonsense. Um, so this trip was great for that, just to just to re-immerse myself in it and to get some ideas and tweaks and... I think, you know, that thing about eating other people's food is really important because otherwise you're just in this little bubble of eating your own food and you don't really see outwards. So it's definitely given me some tweaks. And I think just trying to, I think finally now in the last year, it feels like we're getting that energy back. It's, you know, it's been such a struggle for, you know, all restaurants, I think, except for some lucky people, trying to get that energy back and staff back and customers back and get the, instead of just uh, trying to hold on and make it through, but get, you know, a bit more excitement back in. We're a tiny little space, but the amount of things we produce from there and the different things, um, I'd like, you know, people to remember or to push it more or just to, just to kind of tighten it all up and get a bit more excitement going, really. Again, I think there's plenty of excitement. When is the next Crab Curry Sunday? So next one, August 27th. So last Sunday of every month. And you can go to lankandfillingstation.com.au and you'll find all the menus and the takeaway and the shop information there. Yes. Basically, the rules are for Crab Curry, it's better to book. Um, we do often have spare crabs. We'll always have some spare ones for last minute bookings. We do take bookings during the week. With the bookings, there are terms and conditions, of course. But we do always keep tables aside for walk-ins. So bring back the walk-in 
customers, I say. I love that. That was how we always operated in the beginning. You can do it any way you want, really. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I hope that I'll be able to guess what the theme is next time I go to Crab Cubby Sunday. Yeah, we haven't got there that far yet. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all we have time for today. As always, you can keep up to date with what's happening around Sydney at broadsheet.com.au and at broadsheet underscore Sid on Instagram. A listener production.